Hello and welcome to episode two of the FPL Context podcast with me, Steve. And me, Greg. So guys, we've got a packed agenda for you. Um, to begin with, I posted on my Twitter this week asking the community to send me in their best footballer film puns. And we've seen some absolute classics from you. So great work. Um, yeah, cheers, guys. And then the men. Yeah, I'll be um, reading them out to Greg. He'll be making a final judgment on the top three. So you up for that, Greg? Yeah, up for that. Cool. And then we'll be talking about Leo Messi. Will he, won't he join City? And whether he, he is good for FPO or not. Mm-hmm. And then to wrap it up, we'll be talking you through my first draft. And I'm sure Greg's getting ready to take the Mykonos out of it. But I'm pretty happy with how it's looking. Yeah, I'm, I'm loading up the ammo, don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> so let's begin with our football film puns. So thank you to everyone who sent these in. You've done a great job in distracting me from work over the last couple of, t- uh, couple of days. Just don't tell the boss. <laughs> Sophie's not watching <laughs> but are you ready Greg you're ready to hear these yeah let's go cool so start off with we have Rashi with million dollar Bebe very nice which uh, I love that Clint Eastwood film that's a great film and then we have our, our, our really good friend FPL mentor with Brokeback Mountain <laughs> as in Mason Mount and along oh. came Bolly very nice. Good work. Good work, mentor. And then what do we have here? So we have rub, FPL Rubber Ducky. Now, Greg, he really enjoyed this challenge. He sent eight attempts in. <laughs> uh, so his football film puns, they're all all really good, but I thought I'd uh, bring it down a little bit. So I've picked his best three and his worst one. Okay. So we have It's a Wonderful Life. Very nice. Great start. Mad Maximum. <laughs> no, and then the forty-year-old Vidra, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is class. But he's had an absolute shocker, and we've agreed at this on Twitter already. He went for into the Westwood, which Ooh. yeah, Question one of those one of those cricket moments. It goes silent, and you can start hearing the crickets outside. <laughs> to be fair, like eight attempts, one of them's got to go wrong. One of them's got to go wrong. Yeah, one out of eight's not a bad strike rate. Uh, and then we've also got Elliot Birkins, who also sent a few in. He had Asar is born. Very nice. Very nice. Depay who love me. Good. And Bonnie and Klein. So very <laughs> nice. Good. Big good work, uh, Then we have Stefan Edverson. With Harry Kane. Now, everyone's probably thinking, Harry Kane? He's just said the name of a footballer. But guys, he hasn't. He done it in reference to the brilliant Denzel Washington film called Hurricane. Class. So if you haven't seen that, give that a watch. Great film. And then we have Marshall FC, Greg. So a Twitter bio we can really appreciate the name of. Yep. Same name as my FPL team, actually. So um, great minds think alike, I reckon. Yeah, he's probably been spying it on yours. Must have been, must have been. Well, I wouldn't doing, it for, doing it for a laugh, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> and he's gone with the silence of the alarms, which is very nice. Oh, very nice. Fast film. Then we have Dylan from FPL Canadian. Cheers, Dylan. Uh, with Shaw's Shank Redemption. Nice. Great work, then. That's one of the best films of all time, isn't it, Greg? 100%. Such a good film. Andy Dufresne. Yeah. Yeah, there goes Andy Dufresne. 
And uh, then we have uh, Sonny Singh. Thank you, Sonny. Uh, he went for there's something about Di Maria, <laughs> which is great, but we, we both can't stand Di Maria, can we, Greg? Yeah, big snake, big snake. I'll let you off, though, because it was a good pun. <laughs> the biggest snake. But like Greg said, we'll let you off. And then finally, we have Java with When Harry Met Salah. Nice. And to finish it off, we've got FPL Crate Digger with the big Lewandowski. Very nice finish. Yeah. A lot of great ones in there, guys. Yeah, we've got some really good stuff there. So thank you to everyone who sent them in. So what we're going to do is you've made it really tough for Greg there, but we're going to rank the top three. So Greg, from third to first, can you give me who you think's the best? All right. For third place, I think I'm going to go with Silence of the Alarms. Silence of the Alarms. So that's Marshall FC. Well done. Second place, I'm thinking Shawshank Redemption. Nice one. So that's Dylan, FPL Canadian. Good work, Dylan. And let me do a little drum roll for number one. (laughs) And for first place, I'm going to go with Asar is Born. Asar is Born. And that's Elliot Beckham. Well done, Elliot. So, Greg's giving you the nod there. Number one, Asar is Born. Relevant as well with Asar joining Chelsea just today, I think. Yep, you called it. You called it. So, uh, good work. Good work. Um, so, Greg, should we talk about the small matter of Lionel Messi? Yeah, I guess we could quickly brush over this. Um, Little topic. He's not, a big, he's not really a big deal, this guy. Um, <laughs> I don't know why they're talking about it so much, to be honest. No, well, it's incredible, really, isn't it, though? Lionel Messi potentially leaving Barcelona. Like, who? 2020 is just crazy. Yeah, I'm literally just waiting for a a comet to hit any <laughs> second now. Like 2020 is just, it is crazy, like you say. So, do you actually think he's going to leave? I I could see it, to be honest. I could really see him leaving. I think um, maybe he wants a new challenge. And I think just from all the news I've seen, it does look like he is potentially pushing a move out of Barcelona. And I could see him rejoining Pep at City. It makes sense. I think Pep would want him and they'd be reunited again, knowing Obviously, they achieved a lot together when Pet was at Barca. So, I could definitely. Yeah. I I don't know. I just I feel like it's a power move by Messi. I think he's um, I think he's trying to force the board to get to get rid of um, I think his name is Bato Mayo to get rid of him. But it just it just feels maybe it's just because it feels so crazy that that I think like that. Um, but. Looking at Messi, the financial side of the deal. So where we're at at the moment is Messi's arguing that he can trigger the release clause, the free release clause, which was in his contracts that at the end of June, if he, if he triggered this, then he could leave on a free. But where we're at now is Messi saying because of COVID and the season being extended, that he should be able to trigger that now at the end of August. So there's obviously a big legal battle that's going on between those uh, between those two parties because Messi's release clause without that is 700 million. Mm, I think this is one of those ones where it could be going on for a long saga, to be honest. I don't think either party will want to budge. I think Messi will continue fighting that battle and I don't think Barca will be wanting to 
get him out of the club for free. So I think it's one of those you could be seeing going for the long run. Yeah, and I guess the difficult balance in that is Barcelona obviously got a £700 million asset there. And you've got Messi, who's been an incredible servant for the club, been there for 17 years. Should they just let him leave? I think if it turns sour with them holding him hostage at the club almost, if he really does want to leave, I think you don't really want to like ruin his legacy because he's, obviously he's had such an incredible career at Barca. He's probably their greatest ever. Well, definitely their greatest ever, you'd say. Yeah. And, um, you wouldn't want to ruin that uh, with a, a sour few last year. So I think if Messi really, really wants to leave, I think Barca would have to let him leave. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, and then something I saw which was crazy was Messi's wages. Now, I don't know if this is completely true, but I saw he's earning about a million a week, which isn't bad. I could take yeah. a million a week. Um, imagine how many meal deals you could buy with a million a week. <laughs> a fair but few, I reckon. I would just stack up every Monday. <laughs> I have two meal deals for each day. We saw it. But yeah, a thousand years. <laughs> no, it is, it is incredible. A million a week. Like, um, I think I saw somewhere that um, over the span of three years, it cost the club three hundred million um, just from Messi's financials, including wages and like rights and everything related to him. So just from without the transfer fee, it would be three hundred million for three years. But I mean, it is messy, so a lot of people would say it's worth it, but that is crazy money. Yeah, it is. And I saw somewhere that Messi was willing to take a small pay cut, and I was like, oh, well done. <laughs> Down to 990k a week. Yeah. Don't worry, lads. I'll take a 10k hit. <laughs> you can just pay with the 990k. And we'll call it there. So, well done, Leo. Well done. Um, one of the things I really want to see is if he does join City. I want, because you always hear people go, Oh, could he do it on a cold night in Stoke? <laughs> uh, yeah, he could. Like, what, the guy who sat Jerome Botang down on his ass and then dinked it over Neuer? Yeah, I, re- I reckon he could probably do that against Danny Higginbottom or wherever he was playing. But anyway... Um, with some of the teams that have smashed Stoke in the Premier League, I don't think Messi's going to have a problem with doing it himself. No offence to any Stoke fans. I just... I. I never understand the argument of Messi not being able to do it in the Premier League. Like we've seen how incredible he is, and like the talent that he is, I don't think uh, when it comes to class, he's going to lack any in the Premier League. No, I think. Uh, but what I'd love to see is they draw Stoke in the League Cup. Messi goes to a cold Tuesday night at Stoke and gets pocketed by their centre back. <laughs> <laughs> the Stoke centre back would go down in history. Oh, uh, just you can just see it now. All the like the Twitter would go mental with just the Stoke centre back with Messi sitting in his pocket. It'd be absolutely yeah. class. I don't know even know who plays at Stoke centre back anymore, but whoever it would be, be absolutely brilliant. Um, and then looking at Messi as an FPL asset. Now these numbers are crazy. So last season he scored twenty five goals and twenty one assists, which is amazing which is actually low for Messi's standards, but still amazing. Incredible. And there was a whoscored.com article yesterday, which basically worked out what Messi's points would have been if he was in the FPL last season. So he would have scored 339 points as a midfielder, Greg, and 300 points as a forward. 
Now, let me put that into context. So that's 88 more points than KDB, the top point scorer last season as a midfielder. Amazing. Is that, would that be a record, that amount of points of all time? Well, it, I think it would definitely be more than Salah's. So it, it'd be absolutely crazy. And the thing about that is captaincy becomes like the easiest decision ever then. It's not even a debate anymore. So I, I guess it's bad for FPL because all those captaincy videos I see, like it'll last about 10 seconds. It'd be, is it mess, is Messi fit? Yeah, cool. All right, end of video. Yeah, that's the thing though. And it, it, it just leads everyone captaining him and then it'd be an issue where no one would be able to gain on anyone else because everyone has him as captain. And if you're brave enough to not have him as your captain and go differential, I feel like you're just going to get left behind. Messi's just yeah. gonna, his points halls are going to be too big that you won't be able to catch up with without him. Unless it all depends on his price, I guess. Like They might have to use his price as a way to even the playing field a little bit, but yeah. it's going to take a very high price. Yeah, and... His ownership's going to be huge, isn't it? Because even some people who are like, oh, I don't want Messi, they're just all going to want to say that once I did have Lionel Messi in my fantasy team. Yeah. So I think ownership would be over 80%. I think it'd be crazy. Yeah. I mean, you'd be a very, very brave man not to put Lionel Messi in your fantasy team. Yeah, you would. And uh, it would be... What's quite interesting is, so the highest priced assets ever on FPL was Ronaldo, Henri and Van Persie. And they came in at 14 million. So if they're priced at that level, realistically, you're probably going to see Messi just above that, aren't you? So around the 14.515 mil mark, which is going to be really difficult to fit into your side. Yeah, no, I'd say it's most likely priced to be between 14 and 15 mil, which is obviously a huge amount of money to put into one player. And I think if that was the case and he was brought in, everyone would have to change their team so drastically um, just to fit him in. I mean, it's just... If he comes, if he comes in later on, you're going to have to play the wild card, aren't you? 100%. I mean, it's just going to... Your team's going to have to change completely in order to fit a player of that calibre in at that price. Yeah, yeah. And especially, could you imagine if he's added to that massive list of premium midfielders we've got at the moment? yeah. I mean, I guess it'd make it easier to an extent. It'd just be one you'd have to have. Yeah, and I guess you'd... I reckon you'd see KDB's ownership go down massively. Yeah, I guess the Messi would immediately become City's biggest asset. So it would definitely probably harm Kevin De Bruyne to an extent. But with the argument of would Messi ruin FPL... Do you do you think that's true? Because I, I, to be honest, I do think it is. Because if he does come in, the ownership's going to be huge. Everyone's going to captain him. The only way you're going to be able to get one over people close to you is by cheap differentials. It's all going to be about budget differentials and how you can try and make small gains here and there. So I just think it would be it would really ruin the game because that lack of there would be less strategy around captaincy yeah 100% I think um, with with Messi in in terms of premium players and captain choices and everything I think it becomes a lot more linear I guess with um, the decision I think everyone would be choosing Messi so as you said I think it would come down to cheap players which I think it just adds 
a few less dimensions to FPL in general. It would just be left down to smaller things that would decide the difference between you and like the people you're up against. So yeah, I think like one thing I do want to say though is just putting FPL aside for a second. Even as Man United fans, I would love to see Messi in the Premier League. It would be brilliant just to see Messi on match of the day once. It would be amazing. 100%. It would be, it'd just be incredible. It's something I've always wanted. So, like, the possibility of it, it's just, it's exciting. Yeah. And Lineker's got such man love for Messi that it would just be absolutely frothing at the mouth watching him on match of the day. It'll be, it'll be absolutely brilliant. So buzzing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you might even get a smile out of Phil Neville. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would be good um cool so ending that debate really we don't really want to see Messi come in for FPL reasons but for, as fan reasons we'd love to see him here yeah it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out whether it does heat up potentially him coming to City or if it kind of calms down and he decides to stay at Barcelona it'll yeah. be one to watch out for won't it and quickly ask you here and now will he leave yes or no yes I'm going to go with yes. I'm going to no- go no. So remember that, guys. You can hold us to that at the end of this. Um, right. So, and the last section we're going to move on to now is my team. So Greg's going to read through my side um, and I'll explain the reasons behind it. Now, I know he's getting ready to take the mick, but <laughs> I just want to remind him that I did finish in the top 1,000 in the world last season. So, uh Go easy, son. Yeah, it was quite a lucky season last year, to be fair. <laughs> There's no luck, mate. No luck. <laughs> so, all right, let's get started anyway. Um, you've gone for the four-four-two formation. Yeah. So, which like, is there any reason behind that formation? Just think it offers balance. Um, I think this season, it's so many unknowns with COVID and I really want to have options across the board in all the positions, in a more balanced side, to just be able to deal with the disruption. And I think that formation just really lends to that. So I can I can have decent assets in terms of price range across the board. So it's just that flexibility I think that can offer. Yeah. Okay. All right, should we get started with um, your goalkeepers anyway? Yeah. So- so the two goalkeepers you've gone for are McCarthy of Southampton and Nyla of Aston Villa. Yeah. So two fairly cheap options, but I think um, McCarthy especially, very popular options. So what's your thinking behind it? Well, I don't know about you, but I've never had a keeper more expensive than 4.5 million in any of my fantasy teams ever. I just like going as budget as possible. Yeah. Um, that's just something I've always done because I like spending the funds in um, the higher point scorers uh, up front in the midfield. But the reason McCarthy, um, Southampton built great up, great momentum post-lockdown. They've got good fixtures on the board. It just makes sense for me. I, I know his main competitor is probably Ryan, but I really like the look of how Hassan Hootel's got Southampton playing post-lockdown. And I expect a good season for them. So it was quite... It was one of those easy decisions, really. There's been a lot of difficult decisions this year on FPL so far, but I feel like that's a bit of a no-brainer at the moment. Yeah, no, I'd have to agree with you. I mean, McCarthy's on my side as well. I think great option um, with Southampton at the moment. They're looking good, so 
You you put him in after you saw my side, didn't you? Nah, mate. I think it's the other way around. Got <laughs> got it messed up. All right. So with the defense, you've gone for Alexander Arnold, yep. Doherty, Justin, and Vinagre. So first question: You've gone for a Wolves double up in defense. Um, obviously, Doherty's known for his incredible attacking potentials, and Vinagre looks like a good option. But could you explain? Two Wolves defenders? Well, I think, to be honest, I was more confident that Wolves were going to... So Wolves, I think they only let six goals in post-lockdown, uh, which was which is brilliant and shows how defensively solid they were. And But it looks like Doherty is going to Tottenham. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Spurs only conceded eight big chances post the restart and only conceded seven goals in total. So I feel like Mourinho is making them definitely more solid. Yeah. And I think it's likely that they might go to a 3-5-2 with uh, Doherty as a right wing back. Yeah. Which makes them an even more um, positive asset. So... If you looked at Spurs at the end of last season, Aurier was just bombing forward constantly. And the reason he, he was a good asset, but the reason he wasn't a brilliant asset is because he's just absolutely useless as soon as he gets into the final third. Whereas Doherty really offers that in terms of, so he scored four goals and he got eight assists last season. Yeah. Um, so yeah, apologies for saying Wolves double up. I do realise Doherty is looking like a Spurs move. And I would say, to be fair, watching Spurs last year, I think, Aurier was actually one of their like main men in terms of someone that they passed the ball to. Even though his crossing wasn't good, he always seemed to get the ball in a crossing position. So if Doherty was to replace him, I feel like Doherty would be in a great position a lot of the time. So Yeah, and Aurier got one goal and seven assists last year. And he isn't anywhere near Doherty's level in terms of attacking potential. So if you put Doherty in those areas where Aurier was... I think you're going to see a much better return. And obviously, I think Harry Kane owners are going to be a lot more um, positive now that they've got that kind of delivery coming from the right side. So, yeah, I think I'm going to keep Doherty and see how Spurs go, especially with their early fixtures. So I, I quite like the look of him there. I have seen a few people say um, with Doherty that his main attribute is his finishing and his um, shooting rather than his actual crossing ability. Yeah. What do you think well, of that? Well, it's a fair point, and it's definitely something to monitor. Um, if Jose is going to keep him really wide and it's just crossing, then he might not be worth the tag. So it's something to really keep an eye on. But I just like the look of him, especially with Spurs' early fixtures. I'm going to go early with him. Okay. And then um, with my wild card, probably around game week five, game week six maybe a tiny bit later, I can maybe reverse that decision. But at the moment, I, re- I, I really feel like he'll be a good option still. So it's just a wait and see on Doherty, really. Yeah. Okay. So you've got Alexander-Arnold and Justin as well. I guess Arnold, um, obviously an amazing choice, top scorer and defender. Um, yeah, what about- a no-brainer, isn't it? Yeah. What about Justin? I'm a bit... I'm an, I'm an, I'm an, an R-in about Justin. Um, just because of the suspension to Johnny Evans early on. They've got a lot of injuries at the back, but they've got good fixtures and he can be in a good rotation with 
uh, Vinagre and the rest of the bat line. Um, so I think I'm going to stick with him for the meantime, but he's someone I'm definitely keeping a close eye on because Leicester's post-lockdown form was dreadful. So yeah, he's in at the moment, but that could change. Yeah, I think with a lot of 4.5 options this year, it's definitely one to be monitored and see who comes out on top. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to midfield anyway. So you've got the four in midfield. You've yeah. got St. Maximan, Abamyang, Salah and Ziyech. So firstly, the two premium midfielders currently are Abamyang and Salah. So would you like to explain why you're thinking those two? Well, Aubameyang's there for the first two games. Um, he's going to be my captain against Fulham. I think he's a great asset, especially um, for that first game away at Fulham, just because he scored 11 goals against the bottom six last season. You expect Fulham mm-hmm. to be in that bottom six. So I think he's definitely worthy of the armband game week one. Uh, but I will be moving him out later on for Bruno, um, who is my essential pick of the season. I think with Aubameyang, Arsenal are going to be better this season. Uh, Willian will come in, add a bit of an experience, add a bit more shape. He's got a good delivery. Might be able to move um, Aubameyang down the middle, especially if Lacazette leaves. So there's some big pluses there for him. Salah, you don't need to talk about him. He just loves shooting. He just he, he, He's the most selfish player you'll see on FPL, which makes him a perfect asset. Uh, so... We know what we'll get with Salah. Uh, Leeds at home, it's difficult not to captain him. But if I'm not going to captain Aubameyang against Fulham, then I don't think I should play him. I think I should get someone else in. So that's my decision there. Uh, Ziyech is the one I really want to talk about. So I've seen people um umming and ah ahhing about his price tag. I actually think he's massive, massive value. Um, The reason is, Willian gone. I think he's going to be on all the set pieces. Set penalties. I think Werner will be on penalties. He's had an extended break. Now, I've seen people say, oh, he's had an extended break for six months. What does that mean for him in terms of, is he going to be rusty? I don't really believe in that. He's been training with Chelsea since, I think it's since February. He's been there, not February, sorry, since April. He's been there integrating with the team for a long time. He's So it's not like he's just coming out of the blue. Yeah. And last season, he got 29 goal involvements in 35 games for Ajax. And I think some of people's fears were that he would be the assister of the assister. Yeah. And I don't think that's going to happen. I think it'll be on the right-hand side. He's very direct. He's got a fantastic delivery. Uh, we all know he's class. And he's just one of those players where I think he's hungry for assists, hungry for goals. He likes his stats. So I ex- really expect to see him hit the ground running and early price rises for Ziyech. So do you think, um, like you say you think he'll hit the ground running, do you think then there won't be an adjustment period of maybe trying to adapt to the Premier League? I mean, it's quite a big difference, like the Dutch League to the Premier League. I guess you've seen the likes of Bruno from the Portuguese League to the Premier League, which I'd say is similar, and he hit the ground running there. But I guess you've seen the likes of Depay come from the Dutch League before, who looks great in the Dutch League, but comes to the Premier League and really struggles to settle in. So... Um, yeah, I think if you look at the likes of Depay and maybe to an extent Birdwine, they're slightly younger than Ziyech. Uh, Ziyech's played at the highest level in the Champions League too. 
He's got a lot. He's a lot more experienced than them. He's twenty seven. He's prime age. I just think he's just all set to have a big impact. Yeah, and uh, I, that's a bandwagon I want to be on early. So I think it's worth the gamble. Okay, and um, what are you thinking for Saint Maximan? Good budget option. Yeah, it's just really because I really like watching him play. Um, at five point five, I'm not expecting him to score huge hauls every week but I just love watching him play um, one of the things about FPL is it gives you a reason to watch other teams and let's be honest Newcastle are one of the most boring teams out there but St. Maximum when he gets the ball he's electric uh, love the yeah. headband love I mean, the I'm, I'm sure Newcastle fans won't agree with you on that one they probably um, will <laughs> <laughs> no um, so would you say St. Maximan at 5.5 mil would over a season get you more points than a 5.5 mil defender yeah it's a good point but I don't want to play five at the back yeah I guess no. the flex- less flexibility that way someone I'm really looking at is uh, Sushek now I've got him on my bench uh, on my bench and I might move uh, say maximum completely out uh, he's got horrible fixtures to start with which I know has put a lot of people off but the thing about Sushek is he's so big and intimidating from set pieces that it can really take the opponent out of the equation and um, I think he's a massive threat so he got three goals last season of 13 games for West Ham he's already scored ahead of in this preseason he's a massive threat yeah from set pieces yeah he's basically that Moyes new Fellaini and you got 30 goals for his last club, Slavia Prague, from 75 games. Now, that's that's a really good ratio of goal scoring, especially for someone who's being considered as a deep-line midfielder. So I think at 5 million, he's just great value. And, um, yeah, a real enabler. So I think even with the fixtures, I'm very tempted to just start with him. I guess there's always the potential to rotate between Sushek and St. Maximan if you have both of them, whoever has the easier fixture. And yeah, I mean, that, that goal scoring return is ridiculous for a deep lying midfielder. Um, it's just incredible in the air. We've already seen it. So I do think as well, good option, maybe one to watch, but yeah, I can't argue with that. Yeah. And okay. So we'll move on to the attack. You've got Werner and Ings. I know you've raved a lot about Ings. So yeah. Do you want to explain your thinking behind those two? Well, on the last podcast, Ings was my one of my must-have picks. And um, one of the reasons is we all look for the talisman of these teams we're picking from. We want to make sure that if there's a goal, it's most likely them. So Saints have got great fixtures to begin with, like I said, with McCarthy. And 13.5% of all Southampton points in FPL last year were scored by Danny Ings, okay. which obviously shows how dominant he is in terms of point scoring so it really does show how much of a talisman he is for that side 22 goals last season people may suggest that it might be a one hit wonder but I just think he's a great finisher yeah. and I think Saints are going places so I really expect a good season for him and Ings is, is easily one of the first names on my team sheet at the moment yeah I definitely think he's on fiery form at the moment I saw um going off of the last five game weeks of post-lockdown, 
that Che Adams actually had higher XG and higher chances created and chances involved in than Danny Ings. Are you worried that um, Che Adams could cause a share of the goals for Danny Ings to the point where Danny Ings is attacking threat at Southampton is reduced due to Che Adams becoming more of a threat? Um, not really. And the reason is just because Che Adams for most of the season was really poor and everyone can have a streak in form. Uh, if it was a lot over a longer period of time, maybe I would be a bit more worried, but it's, I think I'll, I'm more than happy to put complete faith in Danny Ings, to be honest. I think Che Adams, it might be a bit of a flash in the pan. I haven't seen anything outstanding from him since I've won. I've been watching Southampton's games, but I'm happy for him to prove me wrong and I can save the, save the extra 2.5 mil. But for now, Danny Ings is, is easily ahead of him for me. All right, I'm going to put my neck on the line. I, I don't think Ings is going to be that great an option at his price tag. I think his price tag's too high this year. But like, I can be held to that. I can be held to that. Guys, remember that. Make sure you m- make sure you tweet Greg when that, when Ings scores that trick game week one. <laughs> With him being close to Martial and Werner's price, I think um, a bit too much for me. I think I'd want to go more budget in striker and enable the midfield more. With the likes of Mitrovic, maybe Antonio, maybe. Yeah, the problem with Antonio is the fixtures, isn't it? Yeah, true. And Haller just scored a hat-trick in pre-season, so is he guaranteed to play up front again? It's a wait-and-see game, isn't it? Yeah, maybe one to watch with him. Um, and you got Werner as well. So what do you think about Werner? I just think Werner's electric. I know he scored 28 goals last season in the Bundesliga. I think 9.5 will turn out to be huge value. And... Everyone will, he's already owned by 39% of uh, players. Everyone will be on Werner by the end of game week two or three. And I just think he's great value at that price. And I expect a big, big points haul from him, really. I think Chelsea, if you look at the side they're building, they've got the creativity of Ziek. Looks like Havertz is coming in. They've got the wing back now of Chilwell when he's ready. Uh, Reese James can put in a great ball. The supply line is going to just be endless for Werner and I expect him to convert those chances. And I, I think he's going to easily score 20 goals this season. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think he's in line for a great season. You've seen what he can do in the Bundesliga. I think he's going to carry on that run of form in the Prem. So, If you're calling Golden Boot now, who would you give it to? Say Messi doesn't go there. Without Messi, I'd probably go with... I'd probably go with either Werner or Aubameyang. Those are the two I'm looking at. I'm going Anthony Martial. Go on, Tony. <laughs> I hope so. I really hope so. Right. What would see. But, um, okay, so on the bench, you've got Nyland, Sushek, Brewster and Johnson. So we've talked about Sushek and Nyland already. Um, I see you've got Brewster. I'm guessing you're hoping for a loan move with him. Yeah, I'm praying... Brewster goes to Sheffield United. I know that's what he's been linked with at the moment. Yeah. What a great manager. I'd love to see that. 100%, I think. That'd be one everyone's looking at at the moment. Um, but I've got an interesting... So you, the four mil defender you've gone for is Johnson. I know this is quite a big debate at the moment. So there's a lot of four mil defenders. Everyone wants one that's going to play, one that's going to have the potential to score a few points. Why have you chosen Johnson over all the other four millers? 
Well, I was on Ferguson, but it looks like he's got a bad knee injury. Um, so I think he was gonna. I think he's gonna miss the start of the season for Palace. So it came down to Mitchell and Johnson from West Ham. And Mitchell, I'm not 100 percent sure about how many minutes he's going to get. Johnson was starting a lot for West West Ham at the end of the season, so that one can easily change depending on what I see from preseason minutes. But at the moment, I'm going for Johnson, so I'm not 100 percent sure on it. But it was Ferguson, but obviously with that injury, I've had to change it. Yeah, that's fair. I think that'd be one where it would definitely be a wait and see game. See who gets the minutes. See who starts well. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we'll leave it there. Um, if you did enjoy this podcast today, please follow us at, at FPL Context on Twitter and help further the word by retweeting this podcast to your followers. That'd be brilliant. Of course, we'd love to hear from you guys on any more football film puns you have. So please follow me at FPL underscore Steve or Greg at Greg Evers FI. And what we've got an exciting announcement coming soon also around a new Stats Lad section. So Stats Lad's also on Twitter. Yeah. And he will be providing lots of goal scoring, clean sheet probabilities for you guys to use moving forward for your captaincy picks and transfers. Yeah. So make sure you keep an eye out for that. Yeah, I'll, be de- I'll definitely be listening to it. Um, so thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, make sure you get any questions or puns in the comments. And we look forward to hearing from you next time. So Yeah, thank thank you everyone for um sending in the comments for the previous one. And yeah, keep up the interaction. It's been really nice. So and, it's been great. It's been great to see so many people say that they enjoyed the first one. Yeah, and let us know who you think's team is better, mine or Steve's. Well, you don't even need to, guys, because we know it's me. But <laughs> look at this guy. Wait, <laughs> wait till you see him after game week one. Yeah, or in the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks everyone, and thanks Greg. Thank you. See you guys. Bye.